Hey, listeners, welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery. Hi, I'm John. I'm your host. <laughs> That's Jeff. I don't know if you were, were you hoping I was going to jump in on that. I was trying to no. be respectful. Well, <laughs> I'm Jeff. Hey. So this is the podcast where we watch the movies that you ask us to. This one, uh, we actually got sent the DVD for. DVD. So that got uh, two entries in the old list. Oh, shoot, I'm doing it. I've been listening to too much of that other show. Oh, there's another po- movie podcast I watch where they, you know how we sometimes do in-jokes and then get bored of them and let them die after a year or two? Uh-huh. They don't. <laughs> and so whenever anyone says DVD on their show, one of them has to go, DVD, or something like that. And I don't know if maybe it's like consistently funny for them, but... I mean, maybe they like it. They must. They must really like it. Because I don't. Now shut up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, we watched Deadly Prey from 1987. We do? Did? I have no recollection of that. I, I mean, I know I watched... I remember I was busy for about an hour and a half last night doing something. No, oh, I wouldn't say you were busy. <laughs> I was Okay, fine. My my attention was diverted from what I could have been doing that would have been better for about 90 minutes for some reason. For some reason. <laughs> uh, this is a classic garbage movie. You may have heard of this movie before from some other people, but oh, good Lord, before we even get into the like spoiler review of this. It is so incredibly bad and boring. It's both. Yeah, I, it's, a, it's a David Pryor movie, and he, as a B-movie maker, this is kind of right up his wheelhouse. It's a bunch of flexing dudes running around in the woods. Yeah, with That's, starring Ted Pryor. Yeah, yeah, and boy, he is sure he sure wants you to know that he's got some he gets a lot of opportunities throughout this 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 uh, movie to put clothes on and consistently refuses to. Oh, yes. no, the this movie is definitely a a joy if what you want is to watch a man in Daisy Dukes run around in the woods for about mm, an hour. I like that he can't even run especially fast because he's like, Working so hard to maintain that I just worked out and I've been I've been cutting water to make myself look all vascular. Uh-huh. He has to maintain that flex, and so he's always running like he's trying to hold in a shit. <laughs> well, I mean, he's also barefoot in the woods. Yeah, no, I even, know. Even if he is on very clear paths. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, he always looks like he's really got to poop. He runs like one of them Sony robots, just sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Can't move too much, or pecs will collapse. Uh, I, uh, I know that you have at least seen a review of this before. Uh, this was a new one to me. Yeah, I, well, I mean, not, th- for some reason, this is going to be an episode where I'm talking about my, 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 uh, addiction to other people's bad movie review shows, but this is a red letter media thing because they, those guys are nuts for, uh, for a side character in this film played by one Mr. Cameron Mitchell. Ah, uh, yes, who, who Cameron they, Mitchell. They, they love. Yes, star of stage and screen, but mostly screen. Almost entirely screen. Uh, he's in a million B-movies. He just, basically, he was one of those people who was in that circuit for a long time in the 80s. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's one yeah. of those people that you're like, he was in Space Mutiny. If you're into the bad movie yeah. at all, you've You'll, probably seen him in something. Oh, yeah. He's in a million different things. Always a fairly minor role. Uh, plays a lot of... of ex-cops of uncular dads lots of uh, this is one of the rare roles where he's running around a whole bunch most of them he 
that it's, it's the kind of guy you give a desk job to. Ah. In fact, a lot of his older movies, like later movies, are entirely just filmed in his own house. Like he just sits behind his own desk in his own house and they film him like only on the phone. Like he's a gang boss who who only ever makes phone calls on the movie. and That's his entire role. Hell yeah. There are multiple movies that use the last footage of him where it's just him on a desk being like, get this plan done for me. I need you to make this happen. And they just managed to fit that dialogue into more than one film. Wow. <laughs> I mean, God bless him. If you're, if you're at the point where you're like, yeah, well, we can, we don't need to hire an actor. We can just use the last known footage of this guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, you know, he's one of those people where I, I think he does have a name. He's been the star of a few things. He's, in a, well, I mean, especially yeah. when he was younger, he was big in the westerns. Yes, and if you have, you know, a couple hundred thousand bucks and you're putting a movie together and. This guy's name may not be, it's top of the B-movie list. It's like getting a Gerald Akamura or something where you're like, hey, people might, like nowadays it'd be like getting Scott Adkins. Uh, Although that'd be more like getting Ted Pryor because Scott Adkins is a cool fight muscle dude. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's just a dude who worked. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's what a to lot. say, huh? No, there's a lot I want to say about this, but I'm not sure... If I should save it for later. You want to do the spoiler-free review? Uh, what's your tolerance level, listener, for a movie where you watch a lot of people click guns? You it's, know, when they, you know that scene where they, like, like are getting ready to go somewhere with guns, and so they're going, like, click, chunk, flip, flap, put it in the thing. Click, chick, chuck, chunk, think, flip it in here. Because that's the first ten minutes. And then also interspersed throughout forever. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely a movie that is... I mean, it really wants to be like a a gun movie, but then yeah. abandons them immediately at the first sign. Yeah, well, I mean, ultimately, the, the the fact that the main character doesn't get a gun until near the end means that you have to pretty much have him hoodwinking idiots. I mean, the premise of this movie makes very little sense when even prodded gently. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, because it's like dude versus crack team of mercenaries. They're doing the they're doing a whole deadliest game thing. Yes. Except that they're doing it in a way that the, the standard way. The the difference is that usually when you do deadliest game, it's for sport. You're just like, why are you doing this? Well, we're idly rich and this is the last perverse pleasure that gives us any inkling of boners is is hunting a man to death in the woods. But in this one, the whole premise is like we're training a band of soldiers by having them hunt random unarmed scared people. And I'm like, I feel like any other method of training would be better than unless you're just training them to enjoy murders. I mean, probably. <laughs> I assume that's what our uh, our main bad guy is like. I want to get these guys used to the idea of just murdering folks. Yeah, it's not that hard. You know, you can still get people used to the idea of murdering folks by doing regular style army training. I, in my experience, army dudes are usually pretty cool with murdering. <laughs> Usually. It's just weird that they're like, no, this is a real army. We we tr we don't train like those pussies in the real military. Well, well, how do you train? We kidnap a guy, scare the shit out of him, and then we hunt him with like 50 people, all of who have guns, and he has nothing. What are you learning from that? Very little. <laughs> uh, Sometimes they can run some. Anyway, uh, we'll go ahead and play a little music. We're going to get back and talk about all of... <laughs> the amazing details that exist in 1987's Deadly Prey.
We're back, and it's time to talk about Deadly Prey, a movie that, like you were saying before the break, it everything about it tends to make no sense mm-hmm. and have no reasoning for why it would happen. Yeah, the whole movie is just in service of a badass dude runs around shirtless in the woods and off soldiers. And so they they came up with the narrowest plot that would let them do that. And that narrow plot is, you know, just don't look at it too close. I mean, it feels like you definitely could have made a different narrow plot to do this because the general idea, like you had mentioned, is there is a colonel who's uh, was drummed out of the army because his training methods were extreme. Mm-hmm. Just too extreme. And then he, this is Colonel Hogan. Hogan's just like, well, I'm going to start my own military army. My own heroes. Yeah. Hogan's heroes. <laughs> my own mercenary army company, and I'll train them to be proper killers by having them murder random, like, scared civilians. Uh, and then I'll, I'll get dark money from a random businessman who never quite says what he's doing or why. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got, uh, I think it's Richardson is the businessman. Yes. And he is funding this mercenary outfit for some reason. He seems to want to run some kind of military junta type stuff in other countries. That seems to be the only motivation he's willing to mention. And he's definitely, I mean, we can set this all this up. Hogan's like, I'm training this army my way. And he's like, no, Hogan, you're training this army my way. I'm the money. Don't be stupid. How long do you think this will take? Three months? You've got one month. I can't do it in one month. You better find a way to do it in a month. I'm like, do do what? Kill five more guys that you kidnap? I don't, what do you, what, I mean, how do you know when you're, when you're done? It's weird. It's weird that. This guy, uh, Michelson, that's it. Michelson is the one who's the money behind this. And he's like, yeah, you've got a month instead of three. And I'm like, what deadline is it exactly that you are trying to meet? Because, I mean, I know that (laughs) this is taking place in some military museum somewhere where they have a whole bunch of vehicles yeah, parked tanks and crap, yeah. There's, There's one point where they try and tell us the location that this is happening in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 75 miles southeast of Los Angeles. Yeah, so Fallbrook, I think. Eh. Yeah, pretty much Fallbrook. <laughs> well, it depends on how south or east you mean by that. I mean, I when I heard it, I, I my first thought was, hey, wait a minute. I feel like I might live relatively close to 75 miles Hold southeast on. of Los Angeles. I'm there. So let me find out real quick. And no, it's still about 40 miles north of me, but that means it's Fallbrook. A, a a kind of rural military community of upscale, very upscale community. This is like hunting people in in Malibu or something. It's very hey. don't. I mean, there's plenty of parks up there. It could just be in one of those. But what I was saying is, since he's already got all these vehicles, all this training, he has sunk all this money into a ton of guns and grenades, and is already in bed with a guy who's like, oh, I've murdered several random innocent people on the street. Yeah. Like, you'd think you'd go, you know, another couple months probably isn't going to hurt anything. <laughs> like, well, I mean, ultimately, what's it going to help? Like, I, my, that's the thing I kept wondering about this whole scheme of, like, their only training that they seem to be doing at all is hunting random scared guys. That's all they're doing. How do you know when that's worked? What's the point when you're like, well, these guys can definitely hunt random scared guys in the woods the best. They're ready to go fight real people now. Yeah, it's 
it's especially weird when the first time that we see this, mm-hmm. uh, it's just some guy who is scared and running. He's barefoot and running through the woods. Yeah. And like you mentioned, we have about 10 minutes of the like people putting like clips into guns. Yeah, and, that's, you know taking rounds and shoving them out for no reason that's the that's all the secondary antagonist who i i I'm sure he has a name but he's the guy with the black mullet and sunglasses yeah lieutenant uh, thornton thornton okay thornton is generally your kind of most sadistic bad guy here he's the I but mean, it's everyone doing it it's not just yeah. one guy doing the clip stuff Oh, okay that's fair yeah but thornton is he's the one who's out leading the hunt thornton is a classic 80s bad guy he will kill his own minions for whatever reason so he, I mean, if anything, the real reason Hogan's having a hard time getting done is because he keeps sending Thornton out to do this, and Thornton keeps killing half his own men. It's it's weird because they go out, and it's like, all right, we tell this guy to go run, and we give him a slight head start, and he runs off into the woods. Yeah. And we're going to go chase after him, but there are a dozen at least of us, yeah, all heavily armed, and it is one scared, unarmed guy who has no idea where he is. And no shoes? I mean, seriously, what are they training them to do? Yeah, no. <laughs> it's it's one thing when you look at the whole, like, oh, the deadliest game is supposed to be like, oh, I'm going to let you out into the woods. It's going to be me versus you. Mm-hmm. I'll have, like, a gun, maybe. Yeah. But... You know, it's still going to be a battle of wits between, like, man versus man. But this is a dozen guys what? with machine guns. Even in the, like, the actual Deadliest Game film was still, like, a, fo- a human fox hunt was basically the idea. It was like, we send this guy out in the woods, and then we, as a collective of rich guys, hunt him. Well, the original story, oh, I'm okay. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but the thing is, the difference, uh, the real difference here isn't the, the uh, odds. It's not really about that. It's the point. In the Deadliest Game, they're not, like, trying to become the best at killing random scared kidnap victims they're just doing it because they want to kill guys there's no like goal here there's like at a certain point we're done we trained how to kill guys well no the the original deadliest game the actual written one yeah it is i'm a hunter and i'm bored with hunting anything else i want something smart okay so it's like a craven thing it is the deadliest game yes but i mean yeah ultimately the, the fact that they've worked in this like this is training angle really makes it feel weird yeah uh because It's especially weird when, like, they see him and they're like, ah, there's our guy. We'll just sort of hoop and holler at him and let him keep running. Yeah. And then one of the guys manages to, like, find him and point his gun at him. He's like, I gotcha. And then lets him, like, grab a rock, stand up, and then hit him in the head with it. And I'm like, my dude, I guess you do need this level of training because you're like, Ah, I know our whole goal is to find and kill this guy, and I have him at gunpoint. I'll just, I'll, I'm just gonna let him. I'm gonna see what what happens now. I'm gonna let this play out. See yeah, what, well, what's going on? It is very weird. You get this impression that maybe they're actually not supposed to kill people in the woods, but catch them. Um, but Thornton in particular feels like he's doing a little recreational side murders. Oh like, yeah, like because uh, the first guy's like, all right, I caught you. This is over, and. You know, the dude, the, the random dude that is the beginning of the movie's victim is still like, please don't kill me, please don't kill me. Uh, and then he hits him with a rock and gets away. But, you know, he's under duress. He doesn't know where he is. He's been kidnapped. <clears throat> All a bad scene. Um, but when he gets caught by Thornton later, Thornton's just like, yeah, you're going to die. And the guy's like, please don't kill me. And then it's like Thornton shoots him. But what does shooting him do? 
Like, I mean, I, I guess it means you don't have to drive him back to his house and cover up. You know, you know, definitely it's a, it's a, well, you got to kill him like now. You kidnapped him. him. Yeah. But still, it's like he's standing there begging not to be killed and you kill him. And it's like, I guess that, and you're like 10 feet away. You're not even learning marksmanship. No, it, again, there's nothing you're really learning here. Yeah. This is dumb. I mean, you'd think at least one of them would be like, Oh, uh, we're learning how to, I guess, track someone through forest terrain. Yeah. But no. And then, because everyone is on little nature trails throughout this entire thing. Yeah. Every time someone is running away from something or running after someone, they are all on very clear, like, brushed away, possibly even a few of them, like, actually concrete trails, and no one's like, Maybe I should get off of this wide open space and into the bush over here. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very weird. Um, so they, you know, they killed this guy. Then Thornton kills the dude who got hit in the head with the rock. Yeah, because he's just like he's like, look, he got he, he got away. It won't happen again. I know it won't happen again. You know, that's 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 the level you can expect from from everybody in this movie is the most basic. Like, look, no one no one has any airs that we're making an interesting thing here. We're making a commando ripoff for a dollar. Yes. And the fact that he's like, I'm going to kill this guy, and then goes back to Hogan is like, oh, the runner managed to kill one of our guys. Like, fucking at least take credit for it. Be like, yeah, he got the drop on one of our guys, and he sucked, and I shot him. I mean, I don't think that's... My impression, and maybe this is just me trying to make this slog more interesting, is that Thornton's not supposed to be killing off the soldiers, and Hogan doesn't realize what a loose cannon murderer he has in his loose cannon murder outfit. Like, he's got one that's too much, and he doesn't, because he's not going out on the missions himself, he doesn't realize how bad it's gotten, that Thornton will casually kill guys for saying stuff. Because later in the movie, there's a guy who's just like, wait a minute, I think he's hunting us. And then Thornton's just like, yeah, shoot you too. There you go. Yeah, fuck it. Fuck it, you're also dead. So he's just like, if anything, he's causing the problem. Hogan's under a, uh, under a time constraint from from uh, from Michelson. Hogan's got to get this shit done. And every time he sends them out to train, Thornton kills three more of his fucking recruits. <laughs> that means he's got to go train three more guys. And it's just, you know, obviously there's kind of a, a secondary problem happening. And speaking of training new guys, we get a small scene here where there are four new recruits to this mercenary outfit. And of course, Hogan's like, well, why are you here? And the first three are all like, Oh, I'm here for the money because this is going to be one of the best paying jobs you can get. Yeah. And the last guy's like, I'm here for the fun. And he's fucking like chewing a toothpick. And he he definitely seemed at that point like, ooh, this guy's going to be a mini boss. And then we never see from him again. He's that's, like just one of the people that's we, there. We don't. Jesus. I made this movie more interesting in my head a lot. I thought he was the ally in the. Uh, no. Oh, <laughs> Okay, why not? <laughs> yeah, no. It's just, ah, uh, we're going to set up this one guy's like, ooh, he's here because he loves to fight and murder. Yeah, he's going to be a real bad, oh, no, I don't know where he went, but he's done. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, maybe he, he could easily be one of the random guys that got offed by... Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, you're not going to waste someone you already hired for a day and gave yeah. a line to. You're definitely going to have him run around in the woods. Because most of the woods kills happen slightly off screen and almost immediately. There's only one or two very interesting... This movie doesn't have gore dollars. So no. instead, it's one of those movies where everyone's throwing grenades around and they cause small smoke effects and make everyone within 10 feet jump. Yep. that's It's one of those. You're like, oh, he killed four guys with... 
a dart plume. None of them are injured in any way, but they're all very dead. There's no bullet holes in this movie. <laughs> no, you get like, I think they could afford total four squibs. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's about what I counted in this movie. Yeah, uh, like uh, three of them on the ally guy who we haven't even mentioned yet. Yeah, we get <sighs> at least one on the first runner who's like, we get a back squib so we know he got shot through. Yeah. And then like three more on cooper the ally yeah god this movie it's just so by the numbers for like a cheap 80s you know directed vhs action piece of shit it's very weird to me as well that it seems like they didn't even want to bother trying to set up really anything else aside from running around murdering people in the woods like i said they, they i mean their army base has a bunch of tanks and jeeps and shit at it and Never once does anyone drive anything in this movie. Well, no, because these are all just... <laughs> I know, they're army surplus. They're, they're, they're filming at some army surplus yard. But like I was saying, there's no other kind of training. No, you have one guy who manages to get in a tank once and shoot around. Yeah. And that's it. It does the exact same effect as the grenade. A small smoke plume goes up and our, our hero bounces a little bit and he's like ah an explosion happened near me kaboing <laughs> the, the i am of course is made of bouncy castle i am of course perfectly fine uh if what i you, were you, if i were mean? a bad guy then i would be dead what are you talking about fragmentation shells that's not a thing <laughs> don't be stupid uh, real guns make lots of click noises and invisible bullets come out and make guys dead cleanly god the i just gotta say the bullet noises in this when guns are firing it just is like it sounds like they're doing it with their mouths it's very bad it's such a silly thing uh so anyway they kill the first runner uh they kill a guy and when they go back to report to hogan hogan's just being finished getting dressed down by michelson the money man who's just like find a way to do what you're doing better and i'm like i agree with michelson in this i feel like (laughs) this is an effect have him do some fucking push-ups or something not for nothing but thornton's looking a little flabby around the midsection there let's get him to work huh yeah but you see (laughs) michael danton this worked on him so clearly this is the best and i'm like I think maybe he was probably just a good soldier that you found and then we're like go kill some guys and he went all right i mean thornton is or danton is a, definitely a lunatic as a result of what's happened they want you to think he's perfectly normal because they they op- his opening shot is him like waking up and his wife's there and she's like oh honey blah 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 soft focus oh let's have a fun day of pillow fights or whatever but the moment he's in the woods and he's like i've realized i'm being hunted for sport he he figures out where he is he kills the first guy to come after him and then rather than just leaving He's like, I'm going to kill every last one of them, and I'm going to kill every one of their dogs. And he's just like, okay, well, he's a lunatic. They they recruited or the kidnapped a lunatic. Oh, yeah. Well, the <laughs> we got ahead of ourselves a little there. But, uh, yeah, the main thing is when they get back and report, and, of course, Hogan needs more stuff. He's like, all right, I need you to go find Another a new runner, runner yeah. and I need you to get someone that actually looks like they can handle themselves. Like, don't just... At least with that, I was like, oh, there's a reason you're not just, you know, kidnapping homeless people, because otherwise you're like, man, you're kidnapping a dude off of the street in broad daylight. That's going to be a thing. I guess. I mean, 
I, I get. I, I feel like that might have been a, a uh, change up, given the fact that the dude that they just hunted with the only hunted for like ten minutes, and then, uh, as far as Hogan knows, he killed one of them before he even went down in that ten minute span, which is to be like, okay, my own dudes suck, and ten minutes isn't long enough. I need a guy who can actually run. So this might be his first attempt to be like, go recruit, go kidnap a total badass. I mean, I think he was like, at least from what I gather in the scene, I'm like, oh, he wants someone who is like muscly he's like go get me a nice muscle boy give me a muscle man because my course, assumption is that'll help in the situation where you're chasing with guns well of course mike danton taking out the trash is in his little booty shorts and you're like ah oh, look at the calves on that guy we should get him <laughs> well yeah because there's the whole scene where they're driving around in a van and there's a guy not good enough Nah, he's got a little dog i don't want that guy and then they see dan and they're like yeah i think we found our guy and then they he, they pull a van over, and he's like, hi, can I help you? And they just put a bag over his head and throw him in the van. Luckily, I guess he was still in civilian mode at that point, so he wasn't like, no, you can't put a bag over my head. I will snap all your necks. Well, he doesn't. they don't put a bag over his head. They hit him in the head with a pipe. Uh, and then shove him in the van. When he wakes up, he is, <laughs> this is the next scene. There's no scene of him waking up or anything. There's a scene of him standing there, full of attention, clearly having just worked out for 15 minutes because he is glistening and every peck is at attention and oh, all yeah. of his muscles are pecs. I love He's that- got an eight pack of pecs up his stomach. <laughs> I love that when they kidnap him, he's in Daisy Dukes and a little t-shirt. And then when they get him to set him loose in the forest, they're like, nah, you don't get the t-shirt. It's just the Dukes for you, buddy. <laughs> no shirt. <laughs> And then he, he's he's like, why would you want me to take my shirt off? Obviously, giving me the ability to show what I look like right now to your men is a powerful psychological weapon in my favor. <laughs> look upon me. <laughs> look upon me and no greatness you shall never achieve. Look at my arm pecs and my neck pecs. It's all pecs. You stand no chance. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> The way that this goes down, though, is... So weird to me because they're like, all right, you go run. We're going to go murder you. Mm -hmm. And of course, he's like, I'm going to kill you and then runs off. Yeah. Every one of you is dead. By the way, they can use the same voice for Thornton and Danton because they have the same voice. (laughs) (laughs) Also, neither of them can act even a little bit. No, not even close. Like at least Hogan, when he's on screen, I'm like, you're okay. Yeah, you're I mean, you're B actor quality, but you're still, you know, an actor. Ted Pryor really is. We found a dude working out and went, hey, you want to make 50 bucks? I'm guessing they found the mate, the director's brother working out. Yes. I mean, he's got the name. I mean, one of uh, fucking Pryor's other movies is Killer Workout. So I have to imagine I've seen that. God, I didn't even put it together. That That's him. He's the cop who like invites himself into the, to a he picks a random woman and is like i'm gonna rescue this lady from whatever might be troubling her and then just like invites himself into her house and takes a shower and stuff he's the weirdest movie and so i assume he's just like yeah work guys who work out they make the best actors <laughs> it's la in the 80s we just pulled this guy off muscle beach look it worked for schwarzenegger it'll work here i mean i'm sure that's the point they're like we're trying to build more schwarzenegger style movies uh, we want commando and rambo and stuff like that and and for that you need a big command bow a command bow you need a big peckman uh and danton goes running off and i i cannot stand everything that happens for the rest of this movie because now he's like all right 
I'm gonna I'm I'm out in the woods and now I've gone completely feral within the first three minutes mm-hmm. and smeared shit on his face and eating worms. <laughs> he he manages to find a a guy off on his own and murders him and decides to take the guy's knife. Not the rifle he has. No. Goodness, no. No, he doesn't not get Not her- the shirt he has. No. Oh, clearly not. Not or- the boots. Not the boots, not the pants. He's just like, what I needed from this fully outloaded soldier is one knife, and now I'll be on my way. Yeah. The holster for this knife is a hole I cut in my Daisy Dukes. Yeah. I really like the part where he asks that guy where he is, and he's like, where am I? I don't know, man. You're like 75 miles southeast of Los Angeles. I'm at Fallbrook. Huh. But no, more Weird. Real- <laughs> but more realistically, he's like, like, uh, how many are there? I don't know. This is my first day. Well, yeah, it's how many people have yeah. been killed like this. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I don't know. This is my first day. I just signed up. Bad choice. And then kills the guy. And, you know, I well, get- he finds out that Hogan is the one behind it is yeah. the big thing. Yeah. He's like, oh, John Hogan. I know that guy, and it's really weird that this would happen. Like, that's the weirdest coincidence. Yeah. Oh, it gets weirder from there, because then he goes off and, I don't know, kills a few more guys in a few more fun ways, and this is enough to finally send some soldiers running to Hogan's camp. By the way, Hogan's got, like, an army girlfriend. Like, (sighs) she's, like, in fatigues, and she's, like, his army girlfriend. Every time I see her, because she's in a no-bra, loose tank top, and what appears to be a diaper made out of someone's fatigues. Yes. <laughs> and every time I see her, I'm like, God damn it, get a regulation uniform. It's like they gave her one, and then the like the director gave her one and was like, here, you make this sexy. You're like one of two women in this movie. You, we don't have a seamstress or anything on staff. What the fuck are you talking about? You find a way to make this sexy. And she's like, well, this is long pants. I guess I could roll them all the way into Daisy Dukes. It's going to be a lot of extra fabric. I'm going to look like I'm wearing a diaper. Like It doesn't even look like, oh, I rolled pants up. It literally looks like, oh, I just took the legs of pants and wrapped them around my crotch and turned it into a diaper. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> uh, he is constantly planning to fuck her and then getting distracted by bad things happening in his camp. But she's like part of the army. and but She's cl- part of it. Has some sort of authority and is also, I guess, trained in some way. I mean, she seems to mostly just be trained in being mean because she's taken out very easily towards the end. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah. It, it, anyway, he's in, the, in a tent talking to her about plans or something. When they run in, they're like, "Oh, there, he's killed like three of our guys. The rotter's gone. This is a bad one." And Hogan's like, "Fine, take me to the bodies." He gets out there. He sees a body. He's like, "This looks like Danton's work." Mike Danton's work. Oh, yeah. Danton! This guy, he killed like I would kill. Yeah, it's like someone I trained. He put a a hole in this guy and the blood came out of him. Only one man knows how to kill like that. He took a random branch on the ground, slightly sharpened it, and turned it into a spear he could throw and stabbed it through someone. That level of impossible bullshit can only be one man. Either that or we've stumbled onto a Neanderthal gathering. It's one of those. I, God, the fact that he, it's not even like a sturdy piece of wood. It is literally just a tiny a little branch. Just a friggin- yeah, because a dude comes at him with a knife and his reason, because he gets punched down by a guy, a guy who's like actually 
able to box a little bit, punches Dan to the ground, and then is about to come down on top of him with a knife, and Dan just grabs a branch off the ground and holds it up, and it goes right through this guy like this guy was made of styrofoam or something. Uh, I'm it's, like, it's if the this silliest guy was kill. made of styrofoam, it would still crack it would, in half. Yeah. It has to, it, it, he, like, he's made of styrofoam, and the branch is made of hot metal. <laughs> That's what it's like. Because <laughs> it just kind of pops out the other side of him like there was never any resistance. Yeah, and that's a later scene. I'm talking about the spear where he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have about the same level of stick that you would find wandering through the woods somewhere of like, ah, this is tiny and thin and you could crack it with one hand. The best spear. Yeah. He kills a lot of people with thrown makeshift spears and it's always silly every time. I just... Every time that he kills someone... And drag and like drags them off or kills them and they're nowhere near anyone else. And he doesn't take a weapon and he doesn't take a shirt. I'm just like, God damn it, you son of a bitch. It's funny because at the very end of the movie, we find out that he thinks the fact that he hasn't got a shirt on is kind of a personal like indignity. We, but he never takes a second to correct it. No, there's <laughs> get into it. <laughs> so this essentially goes on for a too long where he'll just murder some guys with a knife or his bare hands or whatever. And occasionally someone will find him should be able to murder him. Doesn't because every single one of these people is like, well, he's killed seven of our soldiers and I have my gun against his head. I better back away from him and talk to him a bit. Well, part of it is that once Hogan realizes who it is, he's like, no one killed this guy. I want him alive because he's the best soldier I've ever trained. And I want to recruit him to my thing. Before that happens, people will still be like, oh, I've got you dead to rights and I'm just not going to kill you. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's definitely the case. Um, so eventually there's a whole subplot that happens where uh, his wife realizes that he's missing because she saw him get kidnapped. She doesn't call the police. She calls her ex-cop dad uh, and he's like, you didn't call the police, did you? Thank God. Oh, they would have, I don't know, done something. <laughs> and that's how we get Cameron Mitchell into this. He is an ex-cop. Uh, who has a lot of opinions about being a cop. It's weird. He's, like, got more to say than everyone else in this movie put together. <laughs> well, you got Cameron Mitchell. You got to let him do something. Well, I'm sure he insisted on having a big speech, because his his big speech towards the end of this movie is the silliest fucking thing. God. Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, his whole deal is he's like, all right, well, I'll track him down, but you got to tell me what you know, and... Let me know what type of car was it that took him? What color was the van? And did you get any numbers of the license plate? And this is enough that uh, her father, who never gets a name, mm -hmm. it's just Cameron Mitchell. Yep. And the dad mm. can track this down. Like, he finds this fucking mercenary base at one point based on all of this. And I'm like, man, it's a shame you didn't tell the actual cops this. <laughs> Instead of one retired old guy. Yeah, and then once he finds the base, he just wanders around in there, kicking guys unconscious, and then leaves again. Yeah, he, like, knees a dude in the nuts and punches him, and he's like, eh. anyway, that was enough for me. That's what you get, scum. And then he, like, leaves? It's just, it's so disjointed. No, the the fact that this movie is basically an hour and a half, and an hour and ten of that is running in the woods mm -hmm. while we make pew pew sounds with our guns yeah and we play the most generic 80s kind of action movie music where it's really heavy on drums you know there's just that dun 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 boom 
kind of stuff that just kind of suggests that maybe you should think of this as soldiery things. Maybe. Now, it gets to be close to night, and at this point, Hogan has joined in the uh, chase. Yes. He's like, all right. He's trying to lure us deeper into the woods when it's nighttime so he can murder us in the dark. We will hang back. He's not going to try and escape as someone is like, well, won't he just run away? And they're like, no, he's going to hang out here because he knows he's safe. Yeah. Also, he's going to try and kill all of us. So, I mean, you know, he's, he's not, not going. He's anywhere. not going anywhere because he's definitely going to def- definitely kill all of us. Plus, he's already had ample chances to escape and he hasn't because this is after the scene where someone shoots at him with a fucking tank and he, he uh, runs up to the tank, throws a grenade in it and then runs away again. And I'm like, dude, just take another one of those vehicles that's there. Just leave. Nope. You, you could just leave. You could just get out of here. You could just nope. No, no, I'm not. I'm going to run back into the woods. We've already established that I will stay in these woods until everyone is dead. Oh, yeah. I mean, even when he meets uh, Cooper, someone that he used to be in the army with, mm-hmm. like he took a bullet for this guy. And so Cooper is in the mercenary group because he needs money, but he's also like, oh, you know. Is fucked up, but I, you know, I'm no good at being a line cook or whatever. Yeah, he's like, flipping burgers is hard. This is easy. And even when we get to the point where they team up later, he still isn't like, ah, I know you didn't take one of the vehicles earlier because you didn't have the keys, but I do, and we should leave now. Nope. He's still like, ah, fucking our plan is still to run around this forest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the Cooper's... It's interesting because he almost immediately is like, yeah, we're brothers in arms, I guess. It may be different the next time I come across you, but no, they're just allies from that point forward. But there's never a point where Dan thinks to himself, how many innocent dudes has this guy ganked in these woods already? Like at this point, because this is the only thing these guys do. He is at this point a complete murderer of American civilians. Well, I mean, you never know. Cooper at least isn't just some idiot who's like, I want to sign up and get some money like the guys we see. He's like, nah, man, Hogan, I was already in your unit. You know I'm good. That makes him worse. That just means he's fully aware of what he's doing, and he could have been like, I I didn't sign up to kill random strange people who are not civilians and are not combatants. Yeah, well. I mean, ultimately, at a certain point, I mean, granted, this guy gets ganked in the end, so it's not like you have to have this moral conversation, but Dan's just like, yeah, I guess we're allies, brothers till the end even though you're, like, way a murderer now, (laughs) or at least super complicit. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, they do kind of go like, oh, how could you do this? And he's like, eh, you know, I'm not really comfortable with it anymore. (laughs) Well, now that the difference is, I could have stayed comfortable with it, but you would have killed me for sure. No, I'm definitely not comfortable with it anymore. Nope, not at all. So, yeah, this just goes on and on. Uh, But, yeah, you're going to get to the scene where uh, the, the campfire scene. They camp for the night, do Hogan and his guys, because they're like, all right, fucking Danton will be out there in the uh, woods. He'll try and hunker down. He'll find food. He'll find shelter and he'll chill out and, you know, either wait for us to come try and get him and be idiotic and he'll murder us or he'll just find a safe place and, you know, sleep and then come kill us tomorrow. Yeah. And so he sets up a campfire. (laughs) And there was immediately my idea where I was looking at this and I saw them with all their stuff set up. And I'm like, man, I really hope none of these soldiers are drinking because that's the sort of standard scene you would have. Yeah. Is like, oh, we're all going to have some drinks here on the campfire. I'm like, 
you know that like 10 guys have been murdered and there's someone out there who wants to murder you and you're like, well, better dull my senses and hang out here in the dark. Yeah, and of course, it's not just the men that are drinking. Hogan is drinking because we have we start with him talking to his his weird army wife and he's just like, yeah, well, he's definitely not going to run away. It's a it's a point of honor with him now. We'll get him in the morning. He'll stay around here somewhere. Go get me another goddamn beer. And she's like, "What? No." And I was like, "What? Why you That's kind of a weird change. What's the tone change for?" Well, because Danton's so angry. That was, that was Hogan, you mean, yeah. Or Hogan is so angry at Danton. Yeah, but he's like calm and relaxed and drinking a beer. And then he's just like, yeah, we'll get him in the morning. He's he's the best trained soldier I ever did know. Give me another goddamn beer. Okay. That, weird, but all right. <laughs> and of course, Danton just shows up behind him and is like, hey, motherfucker, what up? Yeah, and this is the perfect chance for Dan to finish this. Just take some grenades off this guy, throw him in the campfire. I mean, he has a knife to his throat. Yeah, just be done. But no, because Dan's, I mean, let's go ahead and say it. I might as well say it now because I don't fucking care about the plot of this movie. This is definitely one of those movies where the, the good guy towards the end will be like, no, I'm not going to kill the main guy. I've killed enough. No, no, kill kill the main guy. Just, just kill the main guy. It's weird because at the end... Danton has very, very clearly gone completely insane at the end of the movie. For good reasons, yes. Yeah. But at this point, you're like, oh, he's being hunted. And he's like, oh, I have my knife to the throat of the dude who is behind all of this. I have shown no remorse killing anyone, even the guy who has not murdered any civilians who's like, I just joined up today. This is my first day. I don't know anything. And he's like, well, sucks to be you. Murder time. Yeah. And I hate. That in any show or movie, when you're like, here's our, you know, hero who is willing to murder every single person he sees, except the main characters, because that's the main bad guy. And if he murders him, that's just weird. That's murder. Uh, Up until then, it's just been random, indiscriminate slaughter. That's perfectly okay. But murder, that's different. Oh, you can't kill the main bad guy because they always do it by saying they have there's so many cliche ways to do this one of the easiest is just not say anything kill like 12 mooks and then be like now you and me can talk or this one does the uh the there's been enough killing i won't kill him anymore today one which is like that's the dumbest one you can you know what go ahead and gorge yourself have the thin mint <laughs> it's a waffer thin <laughs> like you'd think he would be like hey uh I've murdered about a dozen of your dudes. Yeah. This has probably cost you so much. Yeah. You should probably fuck along now, and I will forget this happened, and you will forget you ever saw me. Good day, sir. Yeah. And instead, he's just like, hey, I'm going to kill you tomorrow instead of right now. Bye. <laughs> yeah, he just goes back into the jungle. Like, I, there's no really good way to defuse this situation. I feel like the smartest way would be like, you know, okay, I've managed to talk to enough of your guys before I kill them to know what this is now. Uh, obviously, sending your dudes after me is not going to help you with your whole one-month deadline thing. I feel like at a certain point, you're going to run out of guys, and then that Michelson dude's going to come back and be like, where's my army? It's been a month. And you'll have to be like, uh, oh, I sent in that them, pile over there. I sent them all after one super soldier on the edge with nothing to lose. I felt like it would be good training, and clearly, you know, this happens. And, you know, eh. <laughs> can I have some money, please? More money, please. <laughs> but no, obviously, this is all... <clears throat> it, it's all a big point of honor with everybody at this point. Yeah, I I think the weirdest thing for me is that 
after this, we cut to the next day, of course, and two hillbillies find Danton sleeping out on the middle of an open, like, hiking trail. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm just like, ah, yes, trained super murderer that will never be caught is hanging out in the middle of the wide open space and two hillbillies walk up on him. Yeah, and those are your standard hillbillies that you find somewhere between San Diego and Los Angeles. Oh yeah, and, uh, pretty much the your the, classic the, Fallbrook hillbillies. Just, yeah, just total Wild West out there. There's a it's just endless expanse where there's nothing but moonshiners and and people trying to avoid the revenuers. Here here in Southern California, the most expensive place there is. I thought it was going to be like farmers, and this was going to be a point where he's like. Oh shit, do you have a place nearby? Can I use your phone? Instead he just fucking runs away like like they found Gao on the Velt. It's so weird. Because he's they're just like, hey boy, get on up. What are you doing out here? And he's like, oh, oh, oh. And like doesn't say anything, isn't like, I'm being hunted for sport slash training. There are people after me. Can I use a phone? Do you have a car? Instead he's just like oh. Get well, gra- spooked by the fact that two people are there. Granted, and they, runs. they do act very good, old boy. They both have rifles, so they're they both come up to him like, "Hey, boy, what you doing around here now? What you going out here right now?" <laughs> Instead of you know, like, "What the hell? What's this all about? What's up with shirtless rat eating creepo in my woods?" Ah, <laughs> uh, those city folk will eat anything. <laughs> yeah, that's great. The city folk will eat whatever. That's why this obvious giant, muscly, wood-sleeping city slicker was out here to eat our country rats. Indeed, nothing better for a city folk than to pump some iron and eat rats in the middle of the woods. <laughs> they couldn't come up with a better line than city folk, am I right? What are you talking about? City folk don't get all vascular and eat rats in the wilderness. Well, I mean, they might if someone told them it would help them. <laughs> you know, that's the like secret the kind of success. Shit that, it's like Tucker Carlson would make do a show about that. Uh, people from the left coastal elite are now sleeping in good right wing American woods, eating our rats. <laughs> Those are our rats. <laughs> uh, and of course, the soldiers run across these same hillbillies and just murder them. Like, oh, yeah, hey, you see a guy run around here? I ain't saying nothing. Death. Anyway, other one. Have you? Uh, that way? Great. Also death. Anyway, I'm out of here. For no particular reason. I guess I guess they had to shoot. When they shot the first guy, they couldn't leave the other guy standing. Yeah. Yeah. So just. But, you know, they could have been like, yeah, we're the army because we dress like the army. Just tell us if you saw anything. I mean, could have just been like, we're after some dangerous guy. He's in these woods. He's crazy. Have you seen him? And they'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah, he seemed crazy. Yeah. He's out that way. <laughs> when we tried to ask him what his name is, he said, Junga, Junga hungry. <laughs> so maybe maybe you need to catch him. <laughs> uh, still, every single time he finds something that could be useful and he just runs away from it, shirtless and proud. I just so angry at this movie. <laughs> and at this point, he takes out yet more soldiers. Yes. But then gets taken out by Lieutenant Thornton, who just fucking roundhouse kicks him in the head. And is like, yeah, I'm a kung fu guy. We were going to get into a knife fight, but I decided, fuck that. And oh, yeah, you. I like that when he does the very slow, like, nah, knife. And then he does, like, a white belt kick where he's just like, I'll uh, kick the knife out of your hand. Karate kick. kick. <laughs> <laughs> Moving it like Atari speeds. It's uh, great. <laughs> it's champion. 
it's it's a great excuse for why this movie really should just be fe- uh, feature people shooting at each other because the fight choreography is uh, silly. Yes. But yeah, it turns out that Thornton is is very good at fighting because he just promptly beats the ever-loving shit out of uh, Danton and puts him on the ground. Oh, yeah. Now, granted, that is probably a lot because Danton slept rough in the woods and had a rat for dinner, uh, where Thornton probably had a couple of good beers around a fire and got a night's sleep. Yeah. But but still, he wins. And, uh, you know, he's about to kill him. And, of course, Hogan's like, no, don't. I want this one alive. Notably, Ho- Dan- Thornton's even like... like uh, still thinking about it. he's like ah, i might just kill this guy how much trouble could you really put me in <laughs> this is not the kind of thing where you could like report me to the police or we could do drum me out of your evil secret military semi-military mercenary organization mercs. all right <laughs> that's one of the problems with this kind of thing is when as soon as you're like yeah we're professional murderers for hire with no jurisdiction or anything all the discipline kind of gets a little loosey-goosey <laughs> But you're yeah. fired. I'm going to murder you too. Then, uh, obviously, what now? <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the guys take him back to the camp, and Hogan tries to pitch him on like, "Hey, join my squad of murder men. I I would pay anything to have ten guys like you." And he's like, "Eh, nah." Yeah, no, man. I, I don't want to do whatever the fuck this is you're doing. It looks stupid. Plus, you see the death rate among your guys. It's ridiculous. You know, like even 15 if I, of them died the past day and a half. Even if I did join, you know, you'd have to spend at least three months getting more guys. <laughs> three months, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> He's like, I know, right? Tell that to Michelson. Jesus. This uh, guy knows what's up. So... He's got him tied up, and I, I think my favorite part of him being tied up is that the only other person in there when they're initially tying him up is Army Wife, and she just keeps, like, hitting him in the face, and he's like, bitch, I'll kill you. I, I should kill you, bitch. It's just over and over again like that. And then finally she she leaves, and she's going to come back later and get beat up by him instantly. Yeah. Well, I mean, she doesn't know that Cooper has cut his bonds. Yes. So he can you know, muscle his way out of them and then go, bitch, and slap her in the face. Yeah, and she just falls unconscious instantly. Yep. <laughs> but but basically, he's tied up in a tent, and my, uh, Thornton's going to keep going in there to beat him up professionally. Yeah. You're yeah. like, you should join us, and as incentive, I'll beat you up. And I'm like, I don't feel like Thornton's ever going to be chill with this guy joining at this point. No. I feel like the moment he's like, fine, I'll join you, then Thornton's just going to be like, great, welcome to the army, blam. Done. Oh, he died somehow, boss. I don't oh, know. Oh, no. Yeah. Seems like a lot of guys die somehow when you're not looking. <laughs> Seems like anytime you send me on a mission with some guys, we come back a few guys less. Huh. You really got to do the math on this one, although it wouldn't help if you did at this point. Once again, very lax on the details. Uh, He manages to escape, and so they're like, all right, well, I know what to do. Let's go get his wife. Yeah. Well, I know where he lives. Great. Go pick up his wife. And the weirdly, their first plan with the wife, they get her and she's like, what are you doing? He's going to come for you guys. So just why are you doing this? And he's like, well, now I'm going to rape you because that way I can hurt him more than you'll ever get hurt here or he'll ever hurt me. I'm like, uh, what? Yeah. What is your what? Yeah. So he just rapes her like right away, just sort of and now to rape you. And also, I found the interesting thing about this is everybody in the ar- the ar- uh, evil army is perfectly fine with that. There's a point later on where she, like, announces it in front of a bunch of his soldiers, like, he raped me! And they're all just like, yeah, well, whatever, it's military. What are you going to do? No big deal. Army wife is there, and she's got nothing, nothing to think nothing. about it. Just no thoughts on that at all. Ugh. 
The uh, meanwhile, I, also, I found it amusing that his rape involved a lot of neck kissing. Like he was just like, I, I, you know, I probably ought to just, you know, I, I'm going to try and make this romantic. I guess. I mean, you know, maybe that's what he needs to get we it going. cut away. But it's basically just like, look, I'm just going to take my shirt off and kind of like hold you down. Start kissing that neck because I guess that's what I need. That's what I need in this situation. <laughs> but the Michelson, of course, comes back at some point and is like, hey, what the shit? He just repeats himself. You got a month. And he's like, yeah, all right, whatever. And he literally says the same lines. The whole Because he, he, the first line well, he, he had was like, you're doing it wrong. You got to find a way to do it better. And he says that again here, just the same lines. But when he leaves, that's when good old Cameron Mitchell is like, oh, well, that guy, fuck that guy. Yeah, I have no reason to think that that guy did anything. I encounter him on the side of the road. Well, he knew because he was at the base. He's right. watched Michelson there. Yeah, so he knows that. I guess he thinks that Michelson must be the money guy. Yeah. So so he confronts Michelson out of the car, and this is when we get the only big deal speech in this movie. It's so weird because the entire movie about, like, uh, the evil of essentially just killers out there and untrained mercenaries and, you know, when you have all of these people. and uh, yeah. yeah. But his speech is like, Ah, uh, you money guys. Yeah. You guys with money. Oh, you guys with money think you can buy and sell every one of us. Well, let me tell you, I was a cop for 26 years. And he, this is his long speech. I've seen the muck and everyone doing coke and heroin and in the streets and they're in the gunk and you're up in your penthouses and you're, you think you're clean. And I'm like, what is happening right it's now? It's like, I, I think Mitchell must have insisted on getting a speech if he was going to be in the movie at all. And then he, and then he just wrote one, it himself. I was going to say he tore one from a noir film. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's very unfocused and doesn't really, I mean, it's neat, but it's very unfocused. It doesn't feel like it has anything to do with this movie. Yeah. The fact that he's like, I'll confront some guy who is bankrolling a thing and m probably doesn't even know what's going on and just have a full like. Ah, you don't live down in the streets like me. You see, down here where the real people live, we're sweating bullets aren't and you like gams for days. Aren't you like a retired police chief? I feel like you probably are doing all right. Eh, anyway, <laughs> you're dead. Yeah, now it's time to die, you son of a bitch. And then he immediately gets caught and killed in front of his daughter. Yes, yeah, cause, who, uh... Because what happens is he gets dragged right in front of Hogan. He's like, what are you doing out here, old man? That's my dad. Daddy, he raped me. And uh, uh, immediately the, the dad's just like, I'll strangle the shit out of you. And then he gets gut shot and dies. Yep. That's the end of that. That's it. The funny thing, this is the one thing about this movie I'll give it credit for. Uh, it kills every one of the characters that you would normally expect to get rescued. Yeah. Everyone dies in this. I mean. Oh, I know something about this movie you may not. Okay. There's a sequel. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know that there is Deadliest Prey that yeah. came out like eight years ago. Yeah. And they're they're like, hey, if they didn't die on screen, they didn't die. So like Thornton and Hogan are still in it. Thornton's got like a metal arm now. I was going to say, <laughs> we watch. I mean, we're pretty late into the review right now. There's a point where Thornton <laughs> fights Danton and Danton cuts his arm off and beats him with it it's kind of a silly his non-bleeding stump yeah he's just got like a big obvious fake arm like oh man thornton's arm was made in china weird <laughs> but what's funny about it is 
I mean, it's the scene you always wanted to see. A guy gets his arm cut off, and then he gets beat unconscious with his own arm. Great. How'd he get his arm cut off? A big fuck-off machete that came out of nowhere. Why didn't he keep using the machete? Because uh, he's got an arm to beat him up with, I guess? Because this movie is like, wait a minute, do I have an efficient way to do this? Never. I mean, there's a machete in that scene. It's just that it's used to cut off his arm, and then it vanishes. Oh, I know. The advan- he beats him unconscious with his arm, and then he scalps him with a different knife and then that knife is gone uh, every knife in this movie is like if shadow threw it in final fantasy 6 one use at least in this final run through the woods and everyone dies scene mm-hmm. they've all got guns now there's guns. now at least danton has a gun yeah but he after the last one uh went home to find you know his wife not there because she was kidnapped mm-hmm. and instead the army wife lady is there who mm-hmm. he immediately murders. Yeah. Well, she's like, after they have a phone call and he's like, Hey, I got your wife. You got to meet me at this place in time. Yeah. And then he just slaps the gun out of her head and shoots her twice. And that's just, Oh, oh first does take a moment to call her a bitch again. And then, cause that's the best he can get out of this actor is him going, bitch. It's like, he doesn't have anything to say. Really? He just kind of goes, bitch. And he's done. Yeah. <laughs> that's our hero. <laughs> the, the hero, Mike Danton, mm-hmm. has now time to prepare. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, ah, I no longer need to be in my little booty shorts. Now I can be in camo fatigue pants and still no shirt. Yeah, no shirt, though. But he is wearing like a harness of knives and stuff now. And <laughs> he's like, all right, I'm going to go into the woods and prepare for this by setting up all sorts of traps and things and we just get a parade of more and more people getting murdered. And mm-hmm. I keep thinking, how many dudes does this guy have? Yeah. Well, there's a point There's a point where you should be cutting your losses. Like, obviously, this has all gone to shit. Uh, in fact, at this point, Michelson's dead. There's no reason to do any of this. There's no money. Oh, yeah. Well, no. At this point, Hogan just wants to kill him. Yeah. He's like, no, nah, this is just for me. Yeah. This is just for daddy. And there's all these other dudes who are still getting murdered left and right. There's no money coming. Who's, eh. who's he keep? Well, they don't know that. I guess. So, so in any event, uh, we get a scene where, uh, we, I mean, there's a lot of shit that happens at this point. First of all, we get to watch uh, Danton shoot a helicopter down with a rifle uh, and also bazooka a bunch of guys. But the bazooka flies right, the, the shot fires right past them, hits a nearby log, a little puff of smoke goes up and they all go, yeah, and they jump and then they fall down. Well, yeah, all of the explosions in this are. Ah, a dirt plume, and then everyone falls down and is dead. Yeah. Unless you are the main character, and then there is a dirt plume, and then you jump and fall down, and you're fine. Yes. <laughs> That's the only time the bazooka gets used. Uh, Cooper throws it to him, and then runs off into the woods, and is immediately captured by by Thornton, who uh, is just like, you fucked up, and then shoots him, and it's like, ah, oh, come on. Well, no, Cooper saves uh, the wife. Oh, yeah, that's right. Coop, he does. Because Hogan, at, at this point... St- Basically, everyone is dead. Yeah. And he's like, I got your wife, Outlander. We have your woman. Mm-hmm. And instead of Danton showing up and doing anything, and Danton can clearly hear that Hogan is like, I'm going to kill your wife in like 10 seconds. And he fucks off and does not show up. Cooper shows up and shoots Hogan in the shoulder and saves her. Yeah. And of course, what he gets for his trouble is shot by Thornton. Yes. Yeah, and then Thornton goes chasing after uh, 
I mean, there's scenes, there are scenes of Danton and his wife running around together in this movie. They, there are parts where he gets to her and helps her escape from bases and so on. Well, yeah, but mostly he, he immediately goes like, you, wait right here. Yeah, he uh, saved her from the camp yeah. where she was, but then he's just like, here's a little place you can hide out. I'm going to go murder there. people. And she just gets ru- uh, flushed out of there instantly. Because he's just like, oh, no, too busy murdering. Got to go, wife. So in any event... At this point, Thornton catches the wife, and he's like, well, I'm going to murder her. Uh, Danton runs up to try and stop him. Cannot. He th- The wife gets shot point blank in the face by Thornton. Yep. And that's what leads to the cutting off the arm and beating him with, with his own arm scene. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. And at this point, we have Hogan and Danton are the only two living people left. And Hogan has been sort of uh, shot in the shoulder. Yep. And Danton is fine. <laughs> nothing has happened to him no, ever no not once and as soon as they meet up he's like all right well kill me then let's get this over with danton he's like no first take off your shirt what why would i do it take off your shirt or i'll cut you out from under it now take off your boots <laughs> now start running and you're like what why yeah because he's reversing the you know yeah but like what are you going to do when you find him? Is it murder him? Then who cares? Make him take off more clothes. That's <laughs> <laughs> All right, I found you. We're doing strip deadliest game. Now take off, playing. take off one of those socks and pop one of the lenses out of your sunglasses. <laughs> now continue to run. Oh, strip deadliest game. When I find you, you have to take an article of clothing off. I mean, it would be a very long version of strip, but then again, I played strip monopoly. Or no, I played strip scrabble before. Ah, Stripple. It's not that, I mean, you think that sounds awful because you like you have to win a whole game to get an article of clothing, but we set it at 50 points. Eh. 50 points an article. Eh. It was fine. Eh. It was fine. I mean, it was just a precursor to having sex. I don't know. It's like, it doesn't really matter, but it was <laughs> fun. Uh, great. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that is the end of the movie. <laughs> Mike Danton, now with no friend, no wife, has <laughs> murdered dozens of people yeah and he goes run and then he runs away and he goes Wah! and then freeze races on the freeze frames on that as the they play the same yell again underneath the starting script that yell Wah! Wah! <laughs> it is awful everything in this movie is awful they have the exact same single song playing all the way through it it's sort of like a vaguely army march reminiscent thing it never stops why would it <laughs> Uh, all right. That was Deadly Prey. Let's let's go ahead and get into our best and worst. Jeff, I want you to tell me yeah. the best part of this movie. For There's you. a part where one of them is drinking a New York seltzer, and I was like, oh, I haven't thought about New York seltzer oh, yeah. in a long time. Hell I yeah. Can, Hogan get... drinking that seltzer? Yeah, right? You see that New York seltzer, you're like, damn, that is a treat from the 80s. Oh, man, I used to remember seeing those at the Sizzler. I could go for a New York seltzer right now, except now they're all like called crystal bubble waters or whatever. They come that or it's hard seltzer. Too many, Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, ah, oh, damn, a classic old school New York seltzer. Hell yeah. A brown one. I think that's a flavor. <laughs> that's some kind of flavor. <laughs> no, I mean, actually, I already said it. I mean, that New York seltzer really did pull me from the movie for a minute. I was like, ah, oh, shit. I mean, same. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, shit, look. Oh, I want that. Give me that. New York seltzer. I wonder what flavor that is. <laughs> but no, my actual favorite thing is, and I know this is kind of morbid, but I like that they kill all of the uh, a- a- ancillary characters, just all of them. the The wife, the wife's dad, the uh, the the friend, that friend helper, just every single one of them just also dies. 
There's not a scene at the end where Hogan or, or Danton's just like, okay, I guess I can go back to my family. Instead, he's just like, I've killed every single person connected to you. Ah. <laughs> By the way, I have found it. It is root beer flavored. Ah, root beer flavor. Oh, that makes me less interested. Eh, well, there you go. Maybe it's actually a root beer. I mean, it was clear. Yes. So it's a it's root seltzer. beer flavored it's, seltzer. Yeah, it's root beer soda seltzer. They just didn't put any of the caramel coloring or anything yeah, in it. Yes, it's fine. I mean, they all all of the seltzers were clear. You like black cherry was clear and You're, all that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Know. Well, there you go. It's a root beer seltzer. And but yeah, I mean, I'm. I know I was being flippant when I described it in the first place, but it genuinely was like the one moment in this movie where I was like, oh, product placement. Oh, look at that. Look at that. It's an 80s product. I would like that. Mm. <laughs> oh, I hope they go to TCBY yogurt next. <laughs> uh, Maybe get a Seiko calculator watch. What does TCBY stand for? Uh, the creamiest butt yogurt. Ah, I think it actually does stand for, I mean, obviously the Y is yogurt. I don't know the rest of it, though. You can look it up. I'm sure it'll yeah, tell you. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I was never, I mean, I remember TCBY, but as as a young child of Los Angeles, I spent most of my time at uh, Koalas. Ah, the country's best yogurt. Ah, so you go. It's very close. Go. All right. I had the and yogurt right. That's 50%, John. I mean, I thought it was going to be like the cum boys yogurt. <laughs> the cum boys yogurt. Uh, coming this su- uh, this uh, summer to podcast. Boys. <laughs> well, that's the, uh, what are we, the pre-cum daddies? We're not boys anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> uh, all right. That's our that's our, uh, our raunchy podcast that we pretend to run. Uh, my favorite thing in this movie. Mm. Uh, I mean, I kind of. That seltzer, man. I, like, God, that seltzer, though. <laughs> No, I think probably my favorite thing in this movie is it's got to be that fucking uh, the Cameron like, Mitchell speech. The Cameron Mitchell speech. It has to be. Yeah, it was it's a wild so moment. It's it, it's you know Cameron Mitchell is the only person in this movie who you could kind of justifiably say was an actor of any kind. Yeah. So well. you're just so it's just one moment of acting. You're like, ah, oh, nice. Although I <laughs> just having like. Half of your movie be this guy's running around in Daisy Dukes and nothing else. Yeah. I was like, that's a bold choice. Bold choice. I mean, there's a point where he, there's several points where he has a chance to get away or put clothes on. And every time he's like, nah, I am, I am barefoot woodsman. Never doing it. <laughs> All right. Worst thing in the movie. Uh, uh, everything but that seltzer. I don't I mean, I mean, probably give me one thing. Uh, the rape scene. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. I mean, that's. Why, it was completely unnecessary. Yep. It was just like, we caught the wife. Uh, let's rape her. Wh- why? What uh, is... How? What? Why? What is that? What is, well, it hurts him. It hurts him real bad. Actually, he'll never find out that happened. If you think about it. Uh, there's never a point where he gets to hear that that happened. The only person who gets to find out that that, that happened is uh, the dad who gets shot right away after learning it. There's a scene where he confronts the army wife and she could have been like, yeah, my... My boyfriend raped your pretty little wife or whatever. She doesn't say it. So the rape scene literally never get the, the information about it never gets transferred to Danton, which is weird. Nope. There's no point where when he rescues her that she's like, oh, by the way, Danton, I know you didn't need any more reason to want to murder all these guys, but yeah, nope, no, nothing. It just, just doesn't that. So it's completely unnecessary and just extra gross for no good reason. Yep. What about you? You are correct. That is the worst thing in the movie. Yeah. Uh, if I have to take anything else, I the premise <laughs> i mean i kind of want to go with the 
the one thing that just made me want to stop and be like, but why was the spear? The like, I have picked up the flimsiest branch on the ground and sharpened the edge and I throw it and it goes through a guy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is terrible. Yeah. Why are you doing this? The thing I kept getting, or I would have probably picked for my number two, is the all the times he catches Danton and doesn't, or Hogan and doesn't just kill him. Yes. He's just like, ah, there's a code of honor among soldiers or whatever. And like, just kill this guy. He's, he's, he's hunting you in the woods. Ugh. Like this is a this is a clear as day sign that it's okay to this is fine it's okay I'm not I'm not much for having a lot of reasons why I would kill someone but he is hunting me for sport in the woods is one of the few <laughs> the proud yeah the many the the few the proud the many reasons I would kill a guy <laughs> looked at me wrong uh all right we are going to score this movie each of us from zero to five to give it a rating out of ten. Jeff. One? It sucked. It was boring and sucked. Yes, it was. I'm glad I was reading the book for the week at the same time, because otherwise I would have fallen asleep. Ah. What about you? Oh, do I give this a .5 or do I give it a 1 is the real question. (laughs) That's a good point. I probably should have given it a .5. I mean, probably a .5, and that entire .5 is just Cameron Mitchell Mitchell being there. Yeah. (laughs) This isn't his worst role. But by God, it's not his best. Yeah. Yeah, no. A one and a half for Deadly Prey is, uh, sure, that sounds accurate. Great. Why not? This is a turd. It is so bad. It's not a so bad. It's good. It is just boring and repetitive. Mm -hmm. There are no good, like, scenes of violence, even if you're like, oh, I want to see people, like, shot and fight, and that's what I'm getting into here for. Nope. There's nothing. If There's you have nothing pick, in here. If you have to pick a guy from the 80s who made a shitload of cheap as fuck uh, genre movies, then uh, you probably might even know their name. Don't pick David Pryor. Always pick Andy Sedaris. That's <laughs> the, the best advice I can give you, because his are at least going to have some goofy ladies being like, here's my boobs, and someone talking about heavy doobies. This is just a slog. Yeah. You're going to be like, ah, oh, it's time for raw justice. Yeah. Or we're going to get hell on the battleground just a lot of soldiers shooting people really bitch <laughs> deadly bitch new york seltzer welcome to kill zone <laughs> welcome to operation war zone oh these are other movies war time shoot happens <laughs> gun haver will gun have L- lock and load is literally one of them <laughs> the night is young <laughs> god damn it all right thank you so much for joining us we are done with deadly prey but we are not done with content oh no goodness no goodness no what if this was our last episode that would make me unhappy right instead we have bonus content coming the bonus content where we do tv mastery over at the five dollar level at patreon.com Slash system master. Uh huh. For the low, low cost of a five of dollars, you too can listen to us review weird TV shows, whatever TV thing. We just finished a cycle. We had a little Halloween break in the middle where we did a Goosebumps TV episode. That's right. And something new is coming. What's coming? You'll just have to join us to find out. That's right. We've gone through the littlest hobo. We've gone through Supernatural. We've gone through the Snick lineup. And right now, we have. 
Just some real weird crap for you. Oh, God, that's right. We watched the first season of Supernatural. I completely no, forgot. No, Smallville. Sorry. Smallville. Smallville. That made more sense. We watched the first season of Smallville. I had blanked on that, too, because that was boring as hell. Hey, Smallville uh, first season. <laughs> not great. No, but this is brand new this and exciting. Excitingly brand new and about 50 years old. <laughs> Wait. 60 years old. Well, hey, you know, everyone's got all hot and bothered about Columbo in the past couple of weeks. We just figured it'd be time to give some other weird old show it's shot in the sun. Yeah. Maybe I, we can start a whole new thing. I I considered doing Columbo, but I decided instead we should do a show that has baffled me in as far as the premise goes for most of my life, having never seen it or known anything about it, and that is The Flying Nun. <laughs> Okay, we're, we're announcing it, huh? Yep. We're, 1967's we're, The Flying Nun. The Flying Nun with Sally Field, fresh off of Gidget. We, <laughs> I had no idea what was going on, and by God, I still don't. So please join us as we start to delve into three seasons of Flying Nunnery. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much of it we're going to do. I don't know what's going on, but it's definitely time for The Nun What Flies, starring Sally Field. That's right. So join us over at patreon.com slash system mastery at the $5 level. You unlock all of our bonus content. You unlock the monthly afterthought. You unlock Discord channels, special colors for you in Discord. Everything's great. It's a beautiful time. And I hope you have a beautiful day. And we'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs>